Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from Business Radio X studio in downtown Tempe, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. I'm your host, Kara Nowicki, and we have two impressive business leaders in the studio with me today. A warm welcome back to Joe Puzz, founder and president from the PMO Squad. Hi there. Hi, Karen. Thank you for having me back. I am thrilled to see you again. Joe, you have been just a great connector for us. We appreciate you always keeping Business Radio X in mind when you spend time with your strategic partners and your clients and other movers and shakers that run that you run with in your inner circle. So thank you so much for that. Well, it's a great voice for us to come out and tell our story. So I appreciate it. Yeah. And we were talking before we came on air that you and I have the Little League connection with our our kids, but we also have the Atlanta connection because that's your hometown. Correct. Yep, and this is our second location. So it's always good to talk to people who have a connection back to Atlanta. Absolutely. And Phoenix Business Radio uh, comes from Atlanta, our team in Atlanta as well. So one of these days when you're back there, we need to get you on, on one of their shows as well. Actually be back uh, in early December. Okay. Let's make that happen. I'm sure Stone and Lee would love to, to have you on. So with the idea around you connecting, you brought us our featured guest today. Would you be willing to introduce John and get us started? Absolutely. Very glad to have John Deiter here with us. John has been a leader in the area for over 30 years, varying degrees of leadership roles with CFO, president, vice president title, also a CPA, and recently has started his own firm up. So John Deiter Solutions. John, welcome, and thank you for coming today. Thanks, Joe, and thanks, Karen, for having me. This is an amazing opportunity, and just great to meet folks that have these opportunities for us. So thanks so much. Absolutely. So you're a Chandler resident, I remember seeing. I am. Me proud too. Chandler resident. And then there's Joe over in Gilbert. No, oh, just kidding. They're, they're close neighbors. <laughs> they are. I mean, they're pretty they'll much. catch up to Chandler yes. one of these days. The largest <laughs> town in America. And, and most, yeah. one of the top 10 for raising families, right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know Chandler is, is, is not top 10, but it's up there. And we'll settle the score this weekend. <laughs> Perry from Gilbert and Chandler playing in the state high school football championship. Oh. Ah. So we'll, we'll get bragging rights for a year at least. Perry, we'll see who wins. Perry and Chandler High? Who's yep, Chandler High against Perry. From, I didn't realize Perry from that. Gilbert. Actually, interesting. Yeah. My, my kiddos, while we're in Chandler, we are part of the Tempe Union District. Uh, my two have graduated from Corona, but... Uh, we're in Chandler, but we're right on that border. We're in the Ocotillo area, so uh, Hamilton is our high school in our district there. Excellent. So they didn't make it quite as far as they do a lot of times. They do. They really are a powerhouse, <laughs> usually. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So tell us about your business. What, what it, for, let's start with the basics. EOS, what is that? Right. First thing people think about when I start talking about EOS is, oh, it's a, uh, an operating system. The entrepreneurial operating system. Oh, that's a computer something or other. I said, no, no, it's really not. It, it is the entrepreneurial operating system, but it's a management system uh, with a complete set of tools and processes that help uh, business owners and their leadership teams get a grip on their business and manage it uh, better, achieve what they want from their business. And uh, focuses on three things we call vision, traction, and healthy. Vision, getting leadership team. 100% on the same page with where you're going and how you're going to get there. Traction, 
executing really well, good discipline and accountability uh, within that leadership team and healthy, uh, creating a healthy, cohesive, high-performing leadership team. Because uh, some of the teams I know that I've been on, great leaders, but don't always play together well in the sandbox. So once we get the leadership team on that, so goes the rest of the organization. We roll it out to everybody in the organization. So everybody's pulling in the same direction on the vision, executing really well, knowing their, their role in executing and achieving the vision, and being really healthy and cohesive with a great culture. That's what we teach. It's not all about HR, though. It's not all about human resources. No, it's not. Um, the people component is one of six key components of the model that we talk about. Um, and it's important. You know, a lot of uh, clients, um, some of their bigger issues are people issues and culture issues. And that's just part of the overall model that fits together well in all, all three of those categories, vision, traction, and health. Mm-hmm. Did you create this EOS model? I did not. Uh, Gino Wickman, over the course of the last 20 years, uh, has taken his learnings uh, from being an entrepreneur, uh, took over his family business, uh, I think at age 25, uh, found himself in a turnaround situation and turned the business around successfully, operated it, and then uh, they sold the business successfully. And at the end, he said, well, what am I going to do? And during that time, uh, he helped form the EO chapter in uh, Entrepreneurial's organization in Detroit, went from 10 to about 90 plus members, and he really just fell in love with uh, you know, the, the business of business and all the concepts that he had applied, he learned, became a student of more of those. And he pulled a lot of wisdom, time-tested tools and processes into what this EOS model now is. Um, so what, what he invented was really the complete model from taking aspects from a lot of different great sources. Um, uh, Patrick Lencioni, Jim Collins, Steve Picotti. Are, we can see influences of that all in this really simple system, simple tools. We could say simple, but not easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Well, simple once you're familiar with them. Yeah, or and they're easy to get familiar with, uh, but the challenges that you surface and begin to work with and solve aren't always easy. But using the tools and the processes that we teach it just elevates it. And if you're working with a healthy team, uh, you're going to get those issues solved. And it's, it's just fun to see that happening in a team that you're working, that I'm working with. And we had connected, I don't know, maybe a couple months back and had a great whiteboard session where John walked me through the EOS uh, program. And I thought was interesting from that was how you got started with EOS. Yep. I never would have dreamed that I'd be here at this point in my career. I, <clears throat> My degrees in mathematics, I passed the CPA exam. The financial world was mine as far as working in industry and in financial roles and up through president of a manufacturing company. And moved here to take a job with the company as CFO. And, and after a couple of years, um, moved on from that, hung my shingle out to be tax advisor and small business consulting. Uh, joined B2B CFO, which is another great uh, connector firm. Uh, I know I was a partner with them. And one of my clients um, became one of my larger clients and they asked me to join them full-time. And that was the Max 6 uh, group. And um, after a couple of years consulting, I worked for them for three years and 
about two and a half to three years ago, uh, we heard about the entrepreneurial operating system, actually from one of the companies that we had invested. And we became students of it and we began implementing it. And collectively, we fell in love with it. The result that we could see from giving us clarity on our vision, uh, getting discipline and accountability and traction toward that really focused. And we continued to increase. It was always a healthy team, but we just got better and better. And, you know, a couple of years into that, I said, we started working with some clients and I, I just fell in love with this. I felt this was what I need to do. And all of it, that's my passion. (laughs) I, um, I've moved on from that role. Uh, I've been working with clients now uh, for about two and a half plus years. And, uh, I just, I'm thrilled to do that. Teaching, uh, mentoring, coaching, uh, this system is, is really rewarding for me. That's what it's about. And we had first met at an Arizona Tech Council event. Yeah. Uh, so are most of your clients technology-based? What would be a typical client that you would have? Uh, no, they're not technology-based. I'm one of about 187 implementers around the country that have been trained by EOS Worldwide and, and Gino and, and the people at EOS Worldwide. So we teach the same system. The types of clients run the gamut from um, really anything, manufacturing, distribution, professional services, healthcare. It doesn't matter. This is an operating system, a management system for any, any business. It works in any business. So my, my clients tend right now are in behavioral health services, a couple of great clients with higher purposes that I'm floored when I, when I see the work they do with uh, the kids and the families. Um, and, and, and some others like that. So that's your sweet spot. One of your sweet spots, behavioral health services. Um, I don't know if it's a sweet spot. It's, it's where I'm doing some, some fun work some with, work. with some great, great clients, but that, that's certainly one area. I have a customer client that coordinates, uh, e, e curriculum for schools, that deploys those from partners that provide the content into the computers at at the various schools. So they're, they're kind of technology software related to be able to deliver that. Actually worked with the leadership team at the Phoenix Zoo. Oh, That's an awesome team to work with. Yeah. And uh, I just love going over there. They're so passionate about what they do to encourage not just uh, appreciation for, for animals, but the natural world and the conservation work they're doing there. It's um, Arabian Oryx they've helped save <laughs> from extinction. Uh, they're working with black-footed ferrets to uh, breed and reintroduce into the community, into the wild. And um, so the c- conservation efforts are equally important there too. So, How fun is that, that you get to have such an impact as you help leaders and these teams get stronger and more cohesive? It, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I just, and they, they all have a higher purpose really beyond, you know, the, the zoo's a nonprofit, but it's, it's not uh, publicly funded. They're one of the one of the few that aren't, don't get public funds. So memberships, uh, donations, and all the things they're doing now um, create the funding for what they have to do and the deep history. And again, just a great team over there. <laughs> yeah. So it's easy for me to get excited about working with a team that has that higher purpose. You know, the behavioral health people, you know, making a difference in the lives of special needs kids. Uh, you know, they started the business because they had a special needs kids, a child didn't have services and they created the business. So grew it from ground zero to where they are today and, and, and growing 25% last year and yeah. shooting for 
67% plus in their plans for next year. And I just love those guys. <laughs> That's great. How long have you been engaged with them on EOS? And then is any of that tied into some of that continued success that they're working on? Uh, I've been working with them. They were one of the early ones that I uh, started with when I was with Mac 6, where we were offering these uh, services, EOS implementation through Mac 6. Um, and when I was still the CFO, so I was trying to do all of this uh, activity together and hence the, the conflict when I decided where to go. But uh, so, so I've been working with them for probably two and a half years. They're my longest, the zoo and them are my lo- longest clients. And uh, so I've been making a difference. Interestingly enough, uh, that behavioral health company, I provided CFO services to for a couple of years before I joined Max 6 full time. They were one of my clients as well. So I kind of knew the organization when, when we came up with EOS and I had an opportunity to um, try and do some work with, with some clients. I said, I, I need to talk, to talk talk to the folks there. And sure enough, they, they allowed us to come in and start working with them. Well, that speaks volumes about who you are and how you show up and your integrity and your expertise in addition to the EOS model and system that you knew would help, help them grow even more. That's what it's about is, is helping businesses be more successful. The reason I chose my name, interestingly enough, John Dieter Solutions, I may not be the solution with EOS and the stuff I bring, but with the network of people that I know, including Joe, now you, Karen, um, and the people from, uh, you know, I'm a member of Alliances and the Chandler Chamber, uh, Arizona Tech Council. Um, that's just a network of people where if, if I hear of an of a, a issue that someone has, I'm going to help them try and find a solution if it's meaning to introduce them to Joe or to someone else I know, a banker or someone else. Um, so it's really trying to find a solution. Sometimes that could be implementing EOS. I would imagine often it's implementing EOS. Just based when I looked at the model and had an opportunity to you know, get to know you before you landed here. Um, my master's is organizational management. I noticed that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was so excited. Like when I saw you sent me that model, I'm like, oh, I would love to get my hands on that. And, and it, it, did, uh, it does speak volumes uh, from that perspective of leadership. Like, wow, if you have all these things that you're paying attention to in your business, you're going to hit, what was that last category you talked about? You're going to hit. Healthy. Yeah, healthy. Hello. Everybody wants to be in a healthy organization, but so often yep. we're not. And sometimes it's light tweaking with the people that we're working with. Other times it might be data. Tell us about some of those other areas in the model. Sure. That, that's really the... the the nuts and bolts of this. Um, again, Gino describes this in the book Traction, and I brought a copy for you, actually. Yay, I love <laughs> um, that. Thank you. It describes the six key components of the business uh, with the business as the center. But the first component is vision. And that's where, again, we're talking about getting everybody on the same page with where you're going and, and how you're going to get there. We actually answer, have the team, leadership team first, answer eight questions on what they call the vision traction organizer, two-page business plan, uh, where you list out your core values. We help them discover those. And there's, there's some interesting things that we do to, to do that. What's your core focus, that mission, passion, purpose, and your niche? What's your 10-year target or your BHAG, a very big, hairy, audacious goal you know, that you want to conquer the world or, or whatever that is. BHAG. Um, have you ever heard that term before? I have heard that. I, I have think not. That's a Jim yeah. Collins term. I, I, I love believe. it. Big, Your hairy, big audacious. hairy, audacious goal. Good. Yeah. You got to have one. Right, right. Because those, those three things, if you share that with everyone in the organization, 
that's that's the rallying call. It that is. They know where they're going. Okay, we want to. I think a, a, one of the examples we use as Adidas's uh, mantra at some point was um, "Beat Nike" or, or you know, so, something maybe even more uh, beyond um, just beating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's very simple, uh, very you know, in a few words. What what are you really trying to to be? And that's motivating for people. It's not just coming to work to get a paycheck and there's that higher purpose that you're trying to achieve. Then we do a marketing strategy with uh, who's your mark, target market? What's your three uniques? Uh, do you have a, a proven process? And EOS does. The way I implement is a process, proven process. And then a guarantee. Um, you have a guarantee. Then we look at the three-year picture. If you're going to get there in 10 years, what's it look like three years out? Just, just paint us a picture, not a I'm an I'm a accountant, right? So I, I can put numbers together and, and, and put a pretty detailed plan together. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for generally where the revenue, what, what profit are you looking to make? Uh, what other measurables? How many number of employees or how many new products or what, whatever's driving your business? You know, the behavioral health is how many members are you going to have? How many families are you going to serve? From there, we get down to a little more traction. Okay, what's your one-year plan? This is where we bring it down to the ground. Uh, what, what you're trying to achieve, what's your three to seven goals. Uh, not too many more than that, because if you get too many, you won't achieve any of them. So we really focus on keeping uh, less is more. Uh, from there, we go to a 90-day world. Um, what's your, we call them rocks, the most important things that have to get done in the next 90 days. And that's that 90-day world where we, we build that. We focus on those things for 90 days, boom, full speed ahead. Um, and then we have an issues list, which if you can imagine having everyone in the organization in a forum where they can raise the issues, be vulnerable enough to bring those up and not be politically, you know, be politicking within the organization, but just bring them up, get them on a list, easier to prioritize and then solve the ones that are most important in, in that 90 days. And that's, that's the eight questions. That's the vision. Uh-huh. You can share that once a quarter with everyone in the organization and get them rolling toward that, understanding that. Wow. Powerful. So that's the vision component. Second component is the people. Maybe I'll be a little quicker on these. But no, I, you don't have to be. <laughs> okay. no, we do have a lot of time. Yeah, we do. And, and really, it's, it's fascinating. Not everybody gets all excited and Joneses over these kind of conversations, but I know Joe and I do. Absolutely. And that's where I got to see John draw it all out in a one-on-one that we had. And for me, the connection with project management is so close to what John's doing because we obviously are an execution arm for a lot of the strategy that can come out of what John's team is doing. Right. So for me, it's a, a direct connection to what we try to get our organizations and our partners uh, to follow as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the people component is, if you've got a great vision, you've got to have great people to execute on it. So you know, great people in one organization aren't necessarily great people in another organization. So we look at getting the right seat people in the right seats. The right people is simply... Those people that share those core values, if you've answered that and you hire to make sure that the people you bring on board have those values, very powerful. You know they're the right person that, that are going to embody those values. And the right seat is we, we build out an accountability chart, which is different from an organizational chart. It's really building out those key seats. You're, you're creating the seats for, for what you need in the organization, not what you have now, but what you, you know, you got to step above the fray and see, okay, here's what we need. And you define the five key roles and accountabilities. 
and then we put people in those seats. Uh, that's tough for a leadership team to do that when they, well, I'm the vice president of sales. Okay, well, forget, forget about that. <laughs> right. You know, we're working for the greater good of the organization. Let's step back. Okay, do, what do we need in the sales and marketing function? Do you need a sales? Do you need a marketing? How, how does that work? And what are the key roles there? Once you get those key roles, you know who to look in the eye when there's accountability. That, that's key. The accountability piece is key. I mean, right. so a title is a title. And a lot of times people list out, you know, their daily tasks and or the things they're responsible for. But when you attach that word accountability so that you have a common language to come back and, and say, you know, did you, did you reach these goals effectively? Now we have something to measure. Okay, so where else in the people section? Um, so we get the right people in the right seats. And when we work with the team, we, we create the core values and we create the accountability chart. And then that's just a matter of going through that couple of really simple tools. We use a people analyzer when we measure someone against the core values. Do they plus, plus, minus, or minus? So mm -hmm. it's very simple and direct way to evaluate and, and then have a conversation about that with people. And the right seats is just them knowing what their job accountabilities are. Mm -hmm. um, from there, the third component we, we call data component. And my, my fellow uh, financial guys will know this. It's a scorecard. Uh, but basically, those five to 15 things that give you an indication on how the business is going, gives you that pulse on what's happening in the business. Not, hey, Joe, how was, how was last week? Oh, man, it was great. Yeah, it was good. Wow. That's anecdotal. <laughs> and it right. could be laden with uh, political, wow, I can't say it was bad because, you know, my review's coming up or whatever. It's, <laughs> it's more about numbers that you're tracking every week to see how you're doing. And it's typically not financial numbers. It's how many new members did we add or how many sales calls did I make? Because those are the leading indicators of successful month, ultimately turning into revenue and things that are good for the business. From there, we'd say everybody needs a measurable. So everybody throughout the organization, there's everybody throughout the organization gets a number that they're accountable for. Um, a simple example we use is a receptionist. Their number is three. They, they need to answer the phone in three rings because you want the personal touch and so forth. So, and you're either doing it or you're not. Exactly. <laughs> and, and how frequently are you, are you landing there? And what's keeping, right? That, then, then now you have a forum for the conversation. Why isn't this happening? Exactly. Yeah. And they know why it's important because we want that personal touch. We want somebody calling in that case to talk to a live person and not, let it ring, 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 ring. You got to answer it and deal with it. So it just creates that whole culture. Yeah. Uh, and it that goes to speak that everybody in the organization, regardless of your role, there's an important part that you play to the vision that's been created. Exactly. And that, that's where you bring everybody into their, what their role is in, in, in the business, being successful. Yeah, good stuff. So you get vision, you got great people, you got data that's giving you a solid indication of how the business is doing, that's going to raise all the issues and opportunities. So the fourth component is issues. Get them on a list. Get them out of your head. There's something really relieving about getting issues openly, honestly, out of your head. People, you're listening to people. How, how many times do you hear or read about um, people that are dissatisfied at work because nobody listens to me. You know, I, I, I made this suggestion three years ago and they're still not doing it. This forum of issues, getting issues on a list is really important for 
total engagement through the organization. And the neat thing about having you as an EOS implementer and a consultant, so to speak, is that you create, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, but you create that safe, help create that safe atmosphere for these issues to arise, right? And, and now you become this kind of third party, even though the leaders are in the room, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. But now it's safe. You've created a safe container, of the common language for everyone to have an opportunity to share what their concerns are. That's right. And it starts with the leadership team uh, being able to be open and vulnerable. There's some vulnerability here where if you're really open and honest about an issue, it could be you as VP of finance, I've got an issue with the CEO. You know, you're, you're, you're not doing this, 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 or here's an issue that we think you're causing. Um, that's, that's hard. And for the CEO to take that and, and understand it and not be, you know, go after that person personally. It's, it's about the greater good. There's just some dynamics there that are amazing when, when that team gets really healthy. And, and is able to do that. And then we teach the other tool in the issues component is IDS, which is how we teach people, teams to solve issues, identify, discuss, and solve. One of the things I hear when I do my first uh, discovery, we call it the 90 minute meeting with a, a prospect is we say, how are your, um, how are your meetings and, and how do you solve issues and so forth? Typically, their meetings are ineffective because they don't solve anything. They rehash issues. They talk Mm -hmm. about things. So we get them really focused on identifying what the root cause is. What's the root issue? You know, you you might have somebody that's late to work all the time. Well, you know, we've got to get rid of that person. We can't have that. Well, but the root issue is they've got someone sick at home or or some personal issue that, wow, you really want to handle that differently, don't you? So get to the root cause, then discuss, come up talk about it. Everybody has their say. Everybody has their say. No politicking. If you say it more than once, you're politicking. Mm. (laughs) That's what we say. And then go to solve. Generally, if you follow that, you're going to get to a solve. And then when you're solved, you leave the room, everybody on the same page. Maybe not consensus, but if everybody's been heard, you can get commitment from everybody that says, yep, that's a good solution. What's a a typical engagement like that look like? Is, is, Is there pushback from leadership team are they resistant to be able to hear that? How do you facilitate that discussion to make that be, as Karen was talking about, a safe environment to talk about? It's, it, it's easy. <laughs> we, just, we just go there and, and we, we teach the tools. And I say, you know, this is about being vulnerable, not being afraid to issue that. And what happens in, a, in an unhealthy team is, is those team members that maybe resist that Maybe there's a core value that they're not living up to. Those things bubble to the top. And as an implementer, um, we're encouraged by Gino and the others at the OS world. We have to enter the danger. We, we're, we're there to help them. And, and we know that this can help. So, you know, it might be that someone on the leadership team isn't there a year from now. And, and that's not unusual. And you're not starting with issues when, we work with these, when you work with these companies, no. right? And I think that's the mistake that some consultants make and or uh, internal teams, there's an issue at hand. So they want to go just jump in and attack it and stay in story (laughs) and rehash it, as you pointed out. But the model that you've provided, and again, after I don't know how many days this process is and how much time has expanded, but it sounds like you're you're gaining their trust. They're feeling safer amongst each other. And so when you land at this issues conversation, 
most people are primed. I, I, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. After I teach this, um, I, I, we actually teach this in a series of day-long meetings. Okay. And I'll, I'll talk about that maybe a little bit yeah. later. Um, but the meeting that we do that in, between that meeting and the next one, generally that's 30 days, I'll sit in on one of their meetings and critique how they're doing their IDS. So, There's a so feedback I'm, piece here too. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching them and I'm asking them how, whether it's working or not, how's it working and what's right and what's wrong and so forth. So just trying to work, help, help them understand and, and they're going to get it eventually. So that's the issues component. The other one, Joe likes this one, the process component. Really, that, Joe? That's, <laughs> that, that's where we pick those key, um, key processes that have the most impact and document those. Uh, it's not an ISO 9001 or anything like that required, but really just putting it in a documenting as simply as possible the processes you use so you can scale, um, replicate, uh, particularly scale. Typically, a, a new business doesn't pay any attention to the processes. They're doing everything themselves and they hire some people and all of a sudden it gets complicated. And say, oh man, we need three more people to do that. Okay, well, how are you going to train them? Right? So at some point it becomes obvious that you need a, some process documentation and, and that could involve using somebody with project <laughs> expertise to uh, put that together and, and help them with that. So and that's a, a challenge we always face, right? When we go in and, and work with clients, they're trying to execute on projects, but they haven't defined how to do that. So each project becomes inconsistent delivery, and they wonder why they don't succeed on delivering projects. And we come in and work with them to build those consistent processes that will help them execute on a consistent way. Yeah. For us, project management success is tied a lot to process definition and consistent execution of that. So we love to partner with firms like John uh, that are helping organizations go in there and document how they work, why they work that way, and then the benefits that you get from doing that. Right, right. Good, good synergies there for sure. Absolutely. And then the last component, if I can, the sixth key component is you've got all that going, but vision's at top, traction is at the bottom. Vision without traction is hallucination. I think Thomas Edison said something like that and, and Gino incorporated that into our, our language. You've got to have traction. You can have a vision. And I've, I've participated and led strategic planning sessions with teams and, and companies I work for and with. Uh, you, you'll get that three-wing binder, a couple inches thick with all the action plans and top to bottom. And you know, six months later, it's dusty and, and you're still fighting for what has to happen. Um, this, this we, we teach traction tools and to start really uh, the first day and we do one thing is the, we teach the rocks which are the most important things to get done in 90 days that 90 day world it's amazing we experienced it at max six when we implemented this that's about all the time that a human can focus on something that's important karen in your coaching i'm sure you I was, that's right where i went yeah, absolutely exactly so this 90 day world is it's kind of a phenomenon that you get to that 80th day and you're looking ahead and saying, I may not have them all done, but I'm looking forward to 90 because we can set the reset, see how we did, evaluate how we, how well we predicted what we could get done and kind of learn from that and then reset for the next 90 days. Bang. And you're turning the page. I actually crumple up the, the old rocks when I'm in a session and say, okay, we just reviewed those. I'm throwing that in the garbage. We're moving forward now. It's, it's looking ahead. How do we predict what we do the next 90 days? Very, very important. And then I teach a, a level 10 meeting 
It's really an agenda, the same agenda on the same day at the same time. And for a leadership team, we recommend 90 minutes. One of the questions I ask when I'm getting familiar with a client, potential client, uh, sharing what we do, I say that, well, how would you rate your meetings on a scale of one to 10? Productive versus, you know, versus a waste of time. Most of them come in at four, <laughs> three, four, five, six. A lot of people, and, and in my background, meetings were a waste of time. Uh, a lot of them were. So we set up this agenda so it's more effective and efficient for the time that you do spend. Same agenda. We start with segue, settle into the meeting, you know, share some good news, personal or business, you know, just real quick, about five minutes worth. Review the scorecard. How did we do last week on the scorecard? Are we on target, off target? If it's off track, we drop that down to the issues list. We don't dwell on it there. We're just using that to indicate whether there's something we need to talk about further. That's an issue. We look at the rocks. Are they on track or on off track? Karen, you have a rock to add 20 new businesses this quarter. How, is that on track or off track? If it's off track, you drop it down and see how we all can help achieve that. Any customer employee headlines? You know, there's things going on in the business that you may not hear about. So good, you know, some good news from customers, uh, employees. We actually use vendors as well with Max 6 Then we do some accountability. But last week's to-do list, when we solved some issues, we created some to-dos. How did we do? And we should be clearing 90% of those off. If you're not, there's some accountability challenges there. So that takes, the total of that is about 20, 25 minutes. The rest of the time, we use IDS. We've dropped all these issues to the issues list. Maybe during the week, we've added a few others, uh, some things that you absolutely need to talk about. Uh, the rocks are off track. If there's a scorecard item that was off track this week. Uh, and then, then we teach, okay, don't go from top to bottom. Pick the top three, one, two, three, and, and deal with the most important things first. And then IDS. Get to a solve. You can identify, discuss, a, solve. solve. Just cut out all the storytelling, all the uh, whatever. What's the word I'm thinking of? Politicking. Just, yeah, the politicking <laughs> and the you know just rehashing the same thing over and over yep. again. Identified. Okay, identified. Discuss it, and then come up with a solution. So I, that's everybody has their my voice. favorite takeaway so far. And the, and the solve is again. I may not agree with the solution, but when the leadership team leaves that room, they have to be on the same page because you've all mm -hmm. had a voice. You need to understand that if you don't agree, somebody has to make the decision and the decision is made and there's no going out of the room saying, well, you know, I really thought Joe's off his rocker doing that, but, you know, I really wanted to do this. You can't have that. Yep. That's an unhealthy team that does that. So uh, we, we keep, keep that in mind. And then to conclude, uh, we recap the to-do list from this meeting. We uh, decide if there's any cascading messages that we, decisions or things that we need to talk to communicate to other people in the organization to cascade that out. And the most fun thing is all the, all the sessions and all the meetings that we have, we rate on a scale of one to 10. We just spent 90 minutes together. How would you rate the use of that time? As far right as away before you leave the effective, meeting. Effective, right. I think that's a brilliant idea. Right? A scale of one to 10. If it's an eight or less, you need to explain why, what, what could have made it a 10. So you're creating a self-correcting situation. And I've, I've, even in the meetings I've observed with teams where I sat in, fly on the wall, I'll say uh, they rated it low and, and they would say, well, you know, we let so-and-so really get off on a tangent. We really didn't stay on the issue. And 
And that happens. That's easy to do. Yeah. You talk, start talking about one issue and three issues later, you're way off track. So those are the things that open and honest people will say, you know, we really weren't good at staying on task here. So that's why I gave it an eight or a seven or whatever. Or if it's a good one, 10, great job. Let's do it again next week. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting when I, we were doing this with Mac 6, I would actually put the, uh, the number, the percentage uh, or the, the result of the, the meeting whatever it was, eight or nine or 9.5, I'd, I'd log that so I could see how we were averaging. Whether We had, we had a few that were pretty low. <laughs> um, and even on the to-dos, we track how many to-dos, what our percentage was. And, and there were weeks that weren't great, but we were all committed to, to doing better. And that's the whole thing. So, when you're tracking things, you get to see where you're at with it. If you're not tracking, where are you? There's nothing there. Right. And, and healthy teams can have accountability. I think people want to have accountability and you can't hold people accountable. They have to feel like they're contributing and, and they take the accountability. Uh, this, this class I, uh, at the Chandler Chamber yesterday that I uh, presented a workshop on how to be a great boss, we talked about you, you can't hold people accountable. You have to be a great leader and a great manager. And from there, the, the result will be good accountability. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the immediacy of it doesn't allow issues to fester beyond, right? Exactly. I think we've all been in those meetings where you walk out and then you go kibitz over at the water cooler about, I wish we had talked about that. Right. And it just festers and becomes a a larger problem within the organization. And that issue might be one that you didn't get to. I mean, the issues list is long. You want to start on time and end on time with that level level 10 meeting, we call it, because you're hoping to get to a 10 rating. And if you don't get to that issue, then at least you know that you know it's on there. We're going to talk about it at some point. And the beauty is, you can always say, you know what, we didn't get to that, but we need to. One of the to dos is we need to set an hour aside to cover that issue because we really need to solve. We can't that wait this for week. this next this next meeting. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So there, it's just a built in mechanism of just really healthy issues solving and a, and a process to make sure you're tackling the most important ones. What I love about this whole system. All right. I'm talking with some industry peers not too long ago and, and through discussions of how we have common problems in the project management world about organizations having this in place. One of my peers said, hey, does anybody here have to book traction? <laughs> does anybody know somebody that's, that knows EOS or is an implementer of EOS and raised my hand and, <laughs> and was able to make a connection right with John and them to, to have a discussion about how John could go there and possibly help them. So it's it's something that is making traction, pardon the pun, yep. through business leaders to understand the value and benefits of the, of the EOS system. That's right. There's some areas of the country, uh, Minneapolis is where, and Detroit is where it all started. I think they have, I don't know, 18 some implementers and most of the business community knows about traction. We're, we're trying to do that in Arizona. Uh, there's five implementers now and probably some more coming down the road. Uh, we believe in a world of abundance. There, there's, there's not enough implementers to handle all the businesses that could use our, our help and use the system. So we're, uh, we're excited about spreading the news. And again, this is a great, oh, great opportunity. A great, I'm excited to, to help you do that. And yeah. it, uh, any industry, any business, yep. any size of business. Yeah, the size is interesting. We, first of all, we try and qualify the, the people or the leader as someone that, that is willing to learn that is willing to be vulnerable. You've got to have that. <laughs> open. 
you know, and some people just aren't, they're just not ready, you know, that they're, they've got too much ego involved. Um, They're not feeling enough pain, I guess, is what we say. But um, if that's the case, then we, we look for the target company is really the number of employees from 10 to 250. Because uh, a company that's grown to 10 from one or two, they're going to start to feel like they're hitting the ceiling. You know, they're, they're, they don't have the processes in place. Uh, they just wind up not being able to grow. They hit a plateau. And that's one of the concepts we talk about in our first session is hitting the ceiling and how do you break through. So 10 and up to 250, I think some of the implementers are working with companies of several thousand employees. So it works with bigger organizations. Uh, but I think it's a little more challenging. As the organizations get bigger, it gets even more political and um, things are, are in, enshrined and, and so forth. So it really has to have commitment from the top. It has to be from the top, whatever organization. And you help leverage those companies to get to that place. And if the EOS system is already in place and more stakeholders come on board, more employees, new divisions, new sections, and they're all, again, speaking that same language. Yeah, obviously, you've had an incredible impact to help those businesses reach their goals and grow. Yeah, I, I and that's hope, the whole point. Hope I can look back in five years and, and have a few of those that went from very small to pretty substantial. And, yeah, and, uh, or or even substantial, more substantial. <laughs> that's really what it's about. So, so that's the yeah the number of employees is is really the okay. qualifier, along with the personality that really wants to learn and is willing to to learn. As, I, as I've gotten to know John better and Aaron, you talked before about his character and his integrity. I think what I've loved is not just learning about EOS, but you get to know people and, and who they really are. And John turned me on to a book called Conscious Capitalism. It helped me understand uh, and read through it. And it's now one of my favorite books, right? To be able to know that there's a higher purpose to what we're doing in the business world. I don't know, John, if you want to share a little bit about conscious capitalism and your involvement with that as well. Yeah, I'm actually a certified conscious consultant. Mm -hmm. Um, I help uh, form uh, a founder of the Conscious Capitalism Arizona chapter. Uh, Scott McIntosh from Mac6 was pretty much the champion of the cause, but uh, many of us rallied around and and joined him in starting the chapter. Um, Conscious capitalism is a national movement, international movement really, uh, founded by John Mackey from Whole Foods. Container store, Southwest, those are all culture-based, higher-purpose kinds of businesses. We've just started a chapter here, and it's growing. There's four pillars to conscious capitalism. One is that higher purpose beyond making money, and there's some statistics. Uh, Raj Sisodia wrote a couple of books um, and and had statistics in it that people that had companies that had a higher purpose outperformed by 10x um, other companies. Uh, So it's significant. So higher purpose, uh, stakeholder engagement. It's not all about just making money for the shareholders. If you're concerned with everyone, employees, vendors, customers, um, you will make more money, believe it or not, for for the investors, shareholders. Um, Conscious culture, which is about creating that culture of of inclusiveness and and awareness and the culture that you want. And, And conscious leadership, which is really that leadership leading in a way that uh, embodies consciousness and, and all, all the people involved in the business. And, uh, and thank you to John, right? This has impacted me and my organization. We 
have long been partners with veterans organizations to try to assist them. Uh, but after reading that book, we kind of took the next step. And now we have a veterans project management mentoring program that I've partnered with three veterans organizations. Uh, and our first wave is getting ready to kick off in January. We've already had over 20 veterans sign oh up. Gosh. So I think wow. to, to that point, it, it's helping me understand that, yes, I want to go help organizations be better at project management. But I think we can make uh, veterans be pro- become project managers and help those who sacrificed everything for us, right? Wow, that's amazing. So that's a, a, a direct line from that book that you handed over wow. to me, John. So thank you thank for that. You. Thank you. That's humbling. <laughs> I've never heard of the organization. No. No, but that's, I mean, it's how I do everything and have for years, really, right. around saying, what, what's my purpose? Why am I here? How can, right. how can I be of service today? I think, actually, you and I exchanged a, a LinkedIn. You had posed a question I can't remember which one it was, uh, Joe, you and I, and I, had, I can't remember what you said, but my response was, I asked myself every day, how can I be of service today? It was my response. You remember that post? Yeah, I had posted uh, how I start my day with uh, Gandhi's seven that's sins. If you're not doing those each day, then what is your purpose? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's, I have that up on my computer every day. I, I log in, I get to see that first thing. And I know my focus for the day isn't uh, just about finances or just about customers. It's it's about a purpose that's aligned and repeatable and consistent day over day. And to John's Amazing. point, we're gonna get to our financial goals. We're going to get our material goals when we are focused on that bigger, higher, more conscientious piece of our life, right? The rest the rest is gonna come. If we're worried about and mired in where's the next, you know, hundred thousand dollars coming from, we're only working towards that and probably beating up ourselves in the process and other people along the way. Losing sight of that. Losing sight of that does, it. That's not to say that businesses, most businesses go through some really tough times. And uh, we've heard speakers at the national conference, uh, uh, Bob Chapman from Barry Waymiller Company, and, and the stories he tells about the companies and that he's made a difference in that we're losing money and create, just change the culture by um, thinking of them as, as family. You know, you're sending people home from a job. You need to send them home, <laughs> not in worse shape than when they came. And, and that's part of that culture and, and encouragement and engagement. And, you know, they went through some tough times with having to let people go or, or they did some creative things to give people some time off. And, and amazingly enough, I, if I'm remembering right, some of the employees that uh, maybe didn't need as much money gave their, their work time to oh, younger wow. families that needed you know, need, needed the money to sustain and they just work together in that culture. It's just like amazing. If you have a chance, uh, Bob Chapman, I think there's a book out there, um, Everybody Matters, which is uh, another good read. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned a bit ago about circling back to, was it kind of how? The process. Yeah. The process. Yeah, speak yeah. to that. Yeah. And this is what I do as an implementer. I'm, I, I teach the the, the six key components, I teach the tools and I work with the team to reach 100% on each of those six key components, get 100% strong on those six key components. We say 100% is kind of utopia. So we, if we hit 80%, we're, we're going to be in amazing shape. Uh, but I do that with our proven process, which starts with uh, someone that's interested in, in learning more about EOS. Um, we do a 90-minute meeting where... I do an extended version of what I just did with the six key components. Um, 
I, I share a little bit about myself, learn about the company. I ask about their meetings and you know what keeps them up at night so that I can kind of tailor some of my comments to what's going to strike them as, wow, that could really help me. Um, not in a salesy way, but just, hey, point out that this, this helps a lot of different things. So I take that 90 minutes, share myself, learn from them, go through the, um, the model and the tools, open the fire hose, and then share the process. And from there, it's basically, well, that's my show. Any questions? Do you want to call me or should I call you? There's not an arm twisting or anything. I'm, I actually leave them with a couple of tools, a copy of the Vision Traction Organizer mm. uh, and some other things. I give them a copy of the book and uh, just thank them for the time. And uh, if it's a match, great. If it's not, uh, that's okay. Um, Sounds like it, how it, Joe and I do things It as wasn't well. the right time, right? <laughs> it, timing is everything. So um, really, I can have a lot of coffees and I, I do that, you know, take a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour for, with coffee, but it doesn't do justice to understanding it. And the most effective way for us to yes. disseminate that is say, hey, let, let's let's set 90 minutes aside for you and your leadership team. We can do it over lunch. I'll, bring, I'll even bring in lunch if that's the case and, and share it and, and see, see if it's a fit. Yeah. Uh, it's the fit of the system and to some extent, the fit of me as the implementer. You know, some people may not appreciate my style. There's other implementers that um, might be available if they like EOS. Is there a um, so fee for that initial 90 no, minutes? No, that's just okay. me giving my time and their investment is their time. Love it. Uh, and I try and leave again with some tools that they can take. So if they do go from there, the, the first step we do is book a focus day. And we teach, um, talk about hitting the ceiling. Uh, we, we make a fat first pass at the accountability chart. Boy, we jump right into people right there. <laughs> that's boom right there. Mm -hmm. um, we set rocks for the next 90 days. Um, we set the meeting pulse, the level 10 meeting. I teach that and make sure that they start those weekly meetings. And we make a first pass at the scorecard. What that does then, it gives them the initial tools to start subtraction. Yeah. Interesting, we start, if people are self-implementing, a lot of times they read the book and they'll start with the vision first. We start with traction because that, that's where, where you got to get started. Then the next two days are, are 30 days apart. We mm -hmm. take a, call it vision building one and vision building day two. Each of those days, first part, we go back to the tools that we taught. How are they doing? What's working? What's not? Let's true those up. We need some more work on accountability or whatever. The rest of the day is answering the eight questions that I talked about earlier. We get as far as we can on that day. 30 days later, we have the second vision building day. First part of the day, we true up the tools, what's working, what's not. And then the second half we finish. Sometimes we finish, sometimes it goes into the next quarterly. Um, but basically try and answer the eight questions by the end of basically 60 days. So there's three, three sessions where we kickstart things. And it's a time learning situation where they have to experience the tools and how's, how are your meetings going? How do we true that up? So it, they have to work with them and see how they're going. So that goes, after 60 days, we have the vision built and we've got traction toward that. Yeah. And then we go into quarterly sessions. Again, a full day, once a quarter, where we review, review everything. We see how the rocks did. We teach some more tools. There's more tools than I talked about here for various things. Um, the tool I taught at the chamber yesterday was the LMA tool, we call it, Leadership Management and Accountability. We, we put those in based on where the 
what, where the company needs it. I kind of decide that with the team. And then we, at the right point in time, we do a two-day annual offsite, hopefully, um, you know, where we get some team health going. We spend the morning uh, doing some team health exercises. Um, the five dysfunctions of a team is a big, um, big thing that we talk about and trying to build trust and, and do things to build the trust and use that. And that's kind of one of the most enjoyed aspects of the annual meeting that I've heard from clients. He said, you know, I really wasn't sure what to expect, but that was really great. You know, one, one team came in and admitted that they had some tension going on. And, and at the end of the, the, the two days, they, they couldn't say enough about how well they felt. And they really tackled some key issues, really some important ones, and uh, made a big difference. And I, I can't feel any better than I do after something like that. And I love the, the stickiness, right? The, it becomes part of the operating rhythm within an organization that they're now all collectively working in 90-day increments towards common goals, using agendas to make sure meetings are valuable. And you don't have to be there for all of that, right? You're teaching them how to kind of fish Absolutely. to be able to help themselves at that point. Yeah. And, and what we do is we do it on a, a one-day-at-a-time basis. Some implementers are, are totally booked, so... They're booking a year out. Hope to be at that point sometime. But, you will. <laughs> uh, right, 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 right now, I, I have some flexibility. And uh, so we book one day at a time. There's no written contract. Uh, I charge a daily fee. I won't say that here. That's, that's part sure. of uh, getting together. But at the end of the day, our guarantee is if you don't feel you got value, you don't pay me. So that keeps me on my game. And stays true to the EOS system. You mentioned having the businesses uh, develop and yeah establish their guarantees as well. Yeah. And I use the VTO myself, even though I'm a one one man gang. Remember, remind um, me what VTO is? Is the Vision Traction Organizer? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the eight questions. Yeah, uh, we have our core values from EOS worldwide and our focus. And I have my my ten year goal and my three year picture, and working toward that with my issues and so forth. So. I have a staff meeting every morning with me, myself, and I. You know, <laughs> At least you have to keep all three of you aligned. Right. right. We leave the room all aligned. Hopefully for sure. it goes pretty well. <laughs> Generally it does. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then we just, we ask for a mental commitment of 24 months. Generally, there's five or six sessions a year. And after, you really need to go through a second annual to, um, to really feel like you can graduate. And, and we encourage teams to graduate. We're not intending to embed ourselves forever. Interestingly enough, a lot of teams still want that outside person to help facilitate once a quarter or maybe just the annual. And, and I enjoy that because I feel like I'm part of the team. And actually, whether they do or don't use me going forward, they're still a client. So if they have a, a change in the team or need to do something truing up or teach a, a section of managers part of it, uh, I'll come in and do whatever session makes sense to keep them keep them going. My objective is to have them operating and humming and growing like crazy. So. It's important for businesses to have that outside influence to help keep people on the same track, to remind them of the language, where they're headed, and to pop back in like that on occasion is powerful. Yeah, that accountability, you know, that's the coaching part of it. It is. You know, I, it, I teach the system. I facilitate getting the answers. I'm, yeah. I have a lot of experience. I can contribute to those conversations, but I'm not really a consultant where I'm coming in to tell them what they need to do. Uh, I'm facilitating through the tools because usually the answer's in the room. They're just 
need to get it to the level where they want to discuss it. And then I, I coach from this standpoint of accountability and are you having your meetings? What's working? What's not? And these quarterly sessions then is that the way I do that. I mm-hmm. check in between. I even help clients on a variety of things between sessions that I, I really don't charge for. That's just part of them being a client and me trying to help them be successful. Um, I've helped a couple hire people in the finance function because that's where I, I came from. Um, and, and helped in other different ways too. So it's been living a dream, if you want to call it that. Yeah. I'm just helping people. And that's, I wake up every morning trying to find more folks that I can, I can help and find a way to give them a solution. Yeah, it's, so. it's exciting. It's, I love that you two have gone through the conversation. It sounds like with Joe, you kind of did a little 90-minute thing even with Joe. I did. I think, I think I asked before I did that. I said, you know, this, this is kind of what I do in a 90-minute mm-hmm. meeting. And he was gracious enough to listen to it. But even with a firm of uh, like Joe's or an accounting firm, uh, I'm going to do a 90-minute meeting with one of the uh, regional firms locally yeah. here and with an insurance broker. If, if I can share that 90 minutes, actually, it's less because I don't necessarily need to learn about, a lot about the business. It's just that model and my process. Uh, if I can get time over lunch lunch hour to share that with a group of those influencers, they're trusted advisors and they can help their clients be better clients. Yes. Can you imagine a like a, a CPA firm that their clients continue to achieve great things? They're growing. They've, they've got more profit. Uh, an investment advisor. They're going to have more assets to invest. They're uh, going to have more tax issues to talk about and planning and and just a more robust business as they continue to grow. So. That's where I can help their clients and we can mutually help their clients be, be great clients, better and better. And I love how it's, it's given me another tool in my toolbox. Obviously, I'm not an EOS implementer, but it helps me understand how organizations can improve and become better at tactical items, right? And setting goals and staying consistent uh, and solving issues with immediacy, right? And in the project management world, that stuff is, is always needed. So for me, uh, I've got John that I can always go back to when an organization needs a real implementer. Uh, but for me, it gives me at least a first-hand, first-pass tool to add for our clients as well. So for me, it's been great. And then obviously, just the side benefits I had mentioned before from getting to know John better uh, has been great for me as well. You know, a lot of these tools are, and information is on uh, the website of EOS Worldwide. And it's a very open platform. There's a lot of information yeah. there. Download chapters of the book, uh, eosworldwide.com. And uh, the directory is out there. My bio is out there along with the other 186 of my fellow implementers around the country and internationally. I think there's about a dozen and a half that are spread out around the, the world, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. We get together once a quarter. We call it our quarterly collaboration exchange, uh, where we kind of gather to talk about best practices, learn from each other, kind of report in some accountability to the rest of our implementers. Either Gino or now Mike Payton is the, the visionary for EOS Worldwide. will take a deep dive on one of the tools to teach us even more of how to teach it, what the, what the concept is, what the context is of that tool. It helps us be, we're all on the road to mastering being an implementer. You know, as if companies are on the road to mastering EOS as a business. And, uh, that's just a invigorating one day, a full day yeah. of, of that. We people share nuggets uh, on what worked and some things that we're we're 
uh, interesting and, and so forth. And we, we actually put an issues list up there ourselves and how do we solve those and we get through it and it's just, just invigorating. So, and that's how we keep tuned up. You sure. know, EOS sponsors those and, and most people get to there. You know, yeah. there's a few can't for whatever reason. We had some that couldn't make the, the one after the hurricanes and so forth. But, but it's frequent uh, enough that people can, and frequent enough that people, yeah, can come once a quarter, but also not too, uh, too often. Right. Yeah. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. How uh, can our listeners get a hold of you specifically? Yeah. Um, email is the best. Okay. And that's a J-O-N, John, at John Deiter Solutions, J-O-N-D-E-I-T-E-R Solutions.com. Love to hear from folks and hear, talk about their business, learn about their business, and uh, see if there's a solution that I can provide one way or another and just get to know more people. Uh, real quick question before we close that I think is important for our listeners. Are you, you specifically as an EOS implementer, are you uh, restricted to a certain region, Arizona specific, or, or you'll, you'll be willing to work outside of Arizona? How does that piece of it work? That, that's a good question. Um, some implementers choose to just be centrally, you know, located in a particular area. area. Um, I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm willing to travel. Uh, I have family grandkids in Chicago, and I've had actually done a 90-minute meeting with a client and a potential client in Chicago. I'd love to get a, a handful of clients there that I could schedule a couple of weeks with yeah, <laughs> once a quarter. Yeah, and see the kids see on the, the weekend. See the family. Yeah. That would be kind of my EOS life yeah. if I could do that. Okay. Uh, but generally, I'm focused in Arizona, uh, you know, maybe the Four Corners area, whatever. It, if, if, if there's somebody there that I can help and no one else is helping them, I'm, I'm all in to find a way. Right. <laughs> Good. Joe, any other questions for John? No, I think it's been great. And obviously, thank you, Karen, for having me back in the Oh, I'm here. thrilled. I'm, I'm going to get you in here more frequently. I just <laughs> know it. John, it really has been a pleasure to get to know you. Uh, and I've got this whole list I, I, for our listeners. I take notes on, on different keywords and phrases nice. that I hear our, uh, our guests share, uh, not only for my knowledge, but also then to help more people learn about who you are and, and how, how to get a hold of you and obviously the benefit in working with you. So I I'm excited. I've got a couple books I have to read. I've got a little laundry list of things that I've got to do. Uh, so thank you again for sharing oh. your time with us today on Phoenix Business Radio. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio with Business Radio X. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Owicki, and I hope to see my co-host Joe Puzz back again soon. Take care.